one of the things that makes humans humans is our ability to keep our kind of animal level instincts at bay and rise above them to engage our reason to behave in more thoughtful enlightened ways to to see nuance to grapple with complexity to you know a- act beyond just uh to, to not just react um but to to plan to see causal connections to add a many levels of understanding to what each action means and what that might mean in the future. But as much as that is um, a wonderful, a wonderful thing, I mean, reason, logic, you know, the, the things that are, that make humans different from, from animals and, and lower creatures are obviously wonderful things. Uh, if you don't think so, I don't, I don't really know what to tell you, but those are wonderful things. I like, I like being human and not just grunting and reacting out of instinct. However, I think it's, it's incorrect to see that as a good or bad, right? Like acting out of instinct, bad acting out of, you know, higher reasoning powers, good. I think both are useful in their own context. And this kind of gets to some of the discussions um, I've been having. I had a, my episode with Vin Armani talking about, you know, Gnosticism versus materialism. How one rejects the mind for the body and one rejects the body for the mind and sort of the ideal as a synthesis. And a blog post I recently wrote um, called On Living Courageously you can find it on isaacmorehouse.com, kind of sums up um, this thinking that I've been, this area I've been thinking about a lot lately, which is not <clears throat> not sort of looking to the higher things, enlightenment, as an escape from the crude material, nor trying to escape the higher things by boiling everything into the crude material. And so this idea of the animalistic, the lower, the lower creatures, you know, inability to reason or lower levels of reasoning ability, just acting on sort of base animal instinct, not being bad or good. It's, it's like good and right in the right context. If humans always behave that way, um, then they're, you know, no different than animals. That is not good. Uh, but if humans never behave that way, if humans completely nullify the organic sort of the animal nature that is part of being a human, humans are a very interesting construct, a very interesting combination of kind of an enlightened, you know, higher level spiritual being and a very fleshy, organic, uh, you know, um, vulnerable human creature with, you know, hunger and thirst and, you know, stub toes and all that kind of stuff. So I think understanding the value of both is, is important. Okay. So I'm, why am I rambling and being so vague on all this? I, I got to thinking about this last night because I'm reading, I'm rereading, um, one of my favorite trilogies, uh, fiction trilogies. It's, it's called the space trilogy by CS Lewis. And I'm in the second book, called Paralandra, which is 
I, you can read it as a standalone. It's not a very long book. You don't need to read the whole trilogy. Each of the three books are very different from each other. Paralandra is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And you can see in it, Lewis is very, very influenced by uh, Milton in Paradise Lost and um, maybe even maybe even some Dante in there. Um, but it's, it's, such a, <clears throat> it's such a great book. But anyway, I don't want to give away any of the plot. But there's a point in the book where the protagonist is, he knows he has to do something. And it's something that's going to take a great deal of courage and it's going to be risky. But it's also not at all like the task he expected he was going to have to do. He knew he was going to have to do something, some kind of adventure, some kind of bold stand. He was going to have to, you know, be heroic. But when it dawns on him <clears throat> what the action is that he's actually going to have to do. He, he knew this was coming. He was trying to figure out in what way am I supposed to be a hero? And he had assumed it was some kind of higher level. And he's a, an intellectual um, in the book, the character. He'd assumed it was going to be some sort of higher level thing, some kind of, you know, something involving reason and, <clears throat> and you know, uh, moral, you know, fortitude and, and you know, something that, that would be a, a more of an intellectual or a spiritual thing. He realizes that it's going to, that what he needs to do is something very, very basic and physical and crude. And he has this sort of dialogue with himself trying to, he kind of knows in his gut that that's what he needs to do, but he's kind of trying to get out of it. And he's like, come on, I'm on this great task, you know, sort of commissioned by God, more or less. <clears throat> Could it really be that this is the act of heroism? This just like simple, crude, kind of barbaric physical, you know, act of sort of physical courage. And as he's, as he's talking through with himself, he says something really interesting. He says, I mean, you know, imagine in the, in the garden of Eden, when Eve is tempted by the serpent, you know, Eve had to face that and have this dialogue and, and decide whether to listen to the serpent or, you know, to, to resist that temptation. Now, ultimately she failed, but this was a, a high level of reasoning going on. This was a this was an act of moral courage that Eve needed to resist the the serpent. Not not physical courage, right? Not just a an animal level thing. And he said, if you know, what if an elephant had just run in to the scene and just stomped on the serpent and killed it while it was trying to tempt Eve? Well, maybe the fall would have been prevented, but I mean, Eve, you couldn't really give Eve any credit for having done anything, you know, wonderful and, and, you know, the world being better for having chosen correctly. And he, and he's kind of, you know, trying to use this as a, as an excuse for him to get out of what he thinks he has to do. And just when I, when I read that part, it immediately, it just made me laugh. First of all, the picture of a, of an elephant just kind of like innocently, you know, lumbering in and smashing a snake. And and that's something that I could see an animal doing. I think it's I think it's rhinos. Now I don't know if this is an uh, an urban myth. Well, I guess it wouldn't be an urban myth. A uh, a myth of the savanna. I, they, I've heard that rhinos will stomp out a fire if they see a fire like a brush fire. They'll just like run and stomp it out. But I I, I know that animals often behave in. Um, I, there's a there's a donkey nearby where I live that will chase off predators to protect uh, sheep and goats that are in the same field as the donkey, right? It's kind of just like this animal level thing. 
And when I when I imagine that scene of the Garden of Eden, you know, the temptation of Eve by the cunning serpents, and then just like an elephant, like stomping through and smashing the serpent. I thought of the scene from it's one of the Avengers movies. I can't remember which, but it's like one of the best scenes in all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where Loki, clever, crafty, right, cunning. He's he's kind of cornered. He's backed into a corner. His army is is quickly being defeated and. He's facing one of the Avengers and he starts in on this speech, right? As evil people in movies often do. But I think it represents something interesting. It represents at the, you know, at the last minute, whether the moment of triumph or, or near defeat, what does evil appeal to? It's often some higher intellectual thing, trying to get you caught up in something, trying to delay by engaging your reasoning, by engaging your higher faculties, or trying to evoke pity from you. And so he's he starts in on this. You know, don't you see that by defeating me, blah, 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 that, you know, humans, they need a ruler. They want a king. They, you know, he's he's making this speech and it's like, oh yeah, here he goes. And unfortunately for him, he was performing this, this act in front of the one Avenger that it was completely useless on. And in the middle of this speech, he just gets picked up and slammed to the ground like a rag doll in one of the most like instantaneous, thoughtless, brutal acts in all of the movies by the Hulk. The Hulk is just like, Hulk smash. You know, he's like, see, you are an untamed beast and I am the, you know, I am meant to lead you and guide you and you to serve Hulk smash. And that was such a beautiful, like, Again, any of the other Avengers may have been susceptible to his stalling tactics or pitying him or getting into a discussion with him, a debate, being having, having their pride offended that he would offer such a bad argument that they must respond with a better argument of their own. But Hulk, being a sub-rational or semi-rational or temporarily irrational creature, being uh, a beast uh, when he's not a man is just acting on pure animal instinct. And it's like, you know, snake, bad, step on it. You know, Loki, bad, smash, right? Like, I don't know what this thing's talking about. It just keeps talking, smash it, it's bad. It hurts people, you know? And I, I just, I love that. It's, I think it's such a great image of, it's a reminder, just like the character in the book was wrestling with, trying to get himself out of doing the simple obvious, basic thing that needed to be done to confront evil in his situation. He was trying to get out of it by making it a higher thing, a more complex thing, something that required more nuance. You know, oh, well, don't you see there are, you can't simply do this. You must do this more noble thing. You must raise it up. It's not as simple as that. And it's just a great reminder of there are times, there are many times in our life, there are probably an equal number of times where basic sort of animal level instinct and simplicity is necessary um, for the situation as the number of times when stalling or delaying or, or curbing that instinct and saying, now hold on, don't give in to animal instinct. Let's hold on. Let's rise above that. Both of those are needed, probably in equal measure. And it's easy for us to, to, to glorify the use of higher reasoning Um and you and, and I think the use of higher reasoning, <clears throat> it helps us overcome some of the smallest foibles and vices and mistakes, but it also helps us 
accomplish some of the greatest crimes and sins and horrors, right? So you use your your reason to overcome your animal instinct to do something like, you know, uh, forego your hunger temporarily in order to help somebody or, um, you know, rip overcome your desire to be snappy and grumpy when you haven't had a lot of sleep in order to be kind and, and certainly overcome your desire for, you know, swift vengeance or physical violence when you've been affronted, right? Those are, those are good things to, to overcome. But that base level animal instinct would never, it's too base. It's too, it's too low. So it's capable of low level evil and sort of low level good. But sometimes, sometimes low level good or just like simple is needed to combat very, very high level evil. Um, so so the, the, the higher reasoning powers are capable of far, far greater evil than just animal instinct, right? Like you can't, you can't create a Nazi party and round up people and drive them off into camps and murder them in droves. You can't create a Mao or a Stalin just on animal instinct. You can get a little, you can get a little bit of the way there. Hey, uh, you know, vote for me. I'll give you some stuff. Oh, okay. I like stuff. Give me stuff, you know, but you can't get, you got to build something complex. You got to build up an ideology. You got to build a narrative around, well, don't you see, you are really the victim here. You have been suffering oppression from these horrible people over here. And what we need to do is we need, you have to overcome the gut level instinct that says don't hurt innocent people. <clears throat> that requires the higher reasoning. And, and sometimes in an attempt to combat that, if you play the game, there are times where playing that game and saying, well, let me just uh, combat this with higher level reasoning of my own and let's try to get into an intellectual. There are moments where that is dangerous. That is far more dangerous than doing the instinctive thing. Loki bad, smash, <laughs> you know, serpent bad, stomp. So I and I I thought of um, also the uh, one of my favorite little bits from an interview. I, I don't know I can't find it anymore, but um, Barry Sanders, uh, greatest running back of all time, uh, incredibly elusive. And some interviewer was like, "Where do you get all these moves? How do you you know come up with these moves and spin moves and all these things where you can dodge tackles and whatever?" And he's like, "I don't know. I getting tackled hurts." Uh, and I just, I don't like to get hurt. So I just try not to get tackled. <laughs> and it's kind of like his brilliance on the field at achieving the goal and, and the, the, the physical courage it takes to, you know, to play football in some ways. It was from basically not, not overthinking. I mean, if his interview is to be believed, it's not by, you know, reading the inner game of tennis and, and, you know, whatever, <laughs> trying to, trying to get into the right mental framework and all scenes. It's like literally, I, it physically hurts when I get crushed by a 300-pound man. Uh, so I'm going to do everything I can to not have that happen to me, <laughs> you know, and just let the animal instinct take over. And there's something like noble about that. Like you watch Barry Sanders on the field. It's like, it's like majestic, right? It's noble. There's something noble about the idea of an elephant stomping the serpent in the Garden of Eden. There's something like that is... 
that is the animal part, the, the, the basic, you know, reactive living organism part of that. That's what nobility looks like and courage looks like and heroism looks like at that level. And humans contain that level. We supersede that level, but we also contain it. So anyway, um, just some just some thoughts I'm musing on that like sometimes it really is as simple as that. Sometimes in your gut, and, and I think we know this, we know when this is true. You know, in our guts, we know when just a simple thing needs to be done. And it's not something that has any, any higher level of intellectualization around it. And we often can sense when over-intellectualization is starting to lead us into snares, is starting to lead us into justifying things that if we step back from the situation and view it more simply, we know are not things that we ought to be, ought to be doing and ought to be engaged in. So I guess this is uh, an ode to the lowly creatures, uh, including the, the lowly creature component of humans that, um, that do the, the simple thing and the right thing without thinking too much about it in, uh, in moments where that's called for.